Welcome to Security All In. This is Sam Curry. I am Chief Security Officer at Cyber Reason. And uh, the purpose of Security All In is to find out when people went all in on security or security went all in on them. We try to sometimes touch on a, a motif of risk and uh, uh, occasionally poker when I remember to do it. The idea that it is in, in essence a game and there are stakes and that we have to balance among them. And hopefully we get to what makes people tick in a way that resonates with folks who are listening in. And uh, today I'm joined by my good friend and colleague for at least uh, a year and a half now, uh, Andreas Schneider, Andreas uh, or Andy. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, it's good to have you here. Hi, Sam. So Andy, you're the CISO for TX Group, which is a, a very large media group. And when we first met, I think we were about to go on stage. I think I got off a red eye. And we were going on stage to give a presentation about your security operations. And uh, not only did we hit it off, I was struck by your approach to risk in general. I'd love to dive into that a little bit today. And you in particular were taking an agile approach to showing, if I remember this correctly, to showing risk in an evolving way to your board. And, and frankly, I thought it was groundbreaking how you did this with mobile technology. So, so just something because it's on my mind, do you want to maybe share a bit about that program? Have I, have I articulated it right? Yes, that's correct. We call it Agile Cybersecurity. That's, we have it as a strategic lighthouse project um, for our board of directors. So that's one of our main pillars of our organization. And I just, in the past, I was a typical CISO with an hierarchical approach and controls and measures. And I just found out that I failed too often or I felt secure, but I was not really able to, to control it. Then I flipped it around and thought, okay, I'll do it differently than before and make it in a very agile way. And still it's linked to basic risk management, but it's an agile risk management. So I'm translating risks into epics and user stories. Mm -hmm. And we have created a, a web app, a progressive web app that you can have on your mobile or on a desktop. And in the back end, it's pushing all these stories into Jira or Asana for the different companies that we have. And they then have their Kanban board. They move everything from in progress to done and make their comments in there. And then the UI changes. And we are currently also developing a Slack bot so that for example, oh, cool. our board of directors can say, how do our risks look like right now? And based on that, it then reflects it to the right person. How technical is the board? Was this an easy journey for them? Or was it in fact, so what are you showing me and why is it changing? Are they technical, first of all? And secondly, what was it like as, they, as the program evolved? Because it wasn't sophisticated to start. It got there. Yeah, I think they, are, they understand red, orange, and green. And I try to bring exactly that to them. In the past years, I was always asked the same questions in board meetings. I had my risk summary and risk documentation and reports. And then I, I understood that usually they have so many topics on the table that they don't have the time to read all that, even if they should. So they read the management summary. And to make it easier for them, I colorized the management summary with red, green, and yellow. And it helped them. And in the end, now with the risk, we call it the risk tower, we remove the text. So we give them the colors and they can then drill down and understand why is it red here? They can drill down completely and see, aha, uh -huh, in my company XYZ, there is 
there is a general problem there that the maturity is low. They don't detect anything and stuff. So they have the possibility, but in the end, it gives them enough information, the essence they need. So they need to act if something is wet. So this is more or less everything. And then they need their CISO. So that's me. So that they have the trust that I know what to do to remove the red one. So I think this is working quite well right now. It sounds it. And I'm going to go on a limb here and say I am sensing the soul of a gamer. I am sensing somebody who thinks in terms of um, maybe video games or stories or narratives. Obviously the epics from the agile side, but am I right? Is there a gaming background behind Andy? Yes. Yeah. Tell me a bit about that. What is gaming like in Andy's universe, past, present, and future? So the best game I ever played was Civilization. So all the series. Sid Meier. Oh, yeah. This was just amazing. And it's pure strategy, round-based. And I love that way of gaming and trying to conquer the world, you could say. This is really an amazing game. And I really struggled... I had to stop because I had to go to the toilet, but I didn't want to go to the toilet. <laughs> I wanted to just play another round, another round, another round until I had a headache, forgot to drink and stuff. So it's really something I almost get addicted to. There are other games, but also you could say analog games. Like there was one in the past, one of the first was called Risikos. That's, I don't know if, if that exists in other country, but you have a map and then you have... You have, again, to conquer the world. It's risk, right? I think in English is, yeah. yeah. It's just risk. And I love that. I love these kind of games. I played some ego shooters and stuff, but it's really more the strategic part. And if I can make a plan and then decide to conquer a country or something, invade mm. it, or do something, this is just an amazing thing. And if, if we get, get back to security, if something happens... If we have a large incident, for me, it's a feeling like I'm, I'm back in such a game. It's really... I have a deep passion for games myself. Have you ever played Diplomacy as a yes, game? Yes, yes. Which I think is almost a better model for security because in Diplomacy itself, you, you can lead to terrible fights, right? But uh, as a game, the randomness is much lower than in Risk, but the need for alliances the need for the social plane to evolve is it has this concrete piece in the board in front of you but the social dimension is i think greater than in risk and so i'm, I'm a huge fan of those games did you still play risk or other other conquest type board games no but that's more due to my son so i don't have the time uh, to do it's on pause yes yeah, it's, it's just on pause i think i'm in the same place i still get together and and play some games uh, on the occasional monday night although Quarantine notwithstanding, uh, looking to do it online more. I think, uh, you know, with the quarantine that we, we all suffered around uh, coronavirus, uh, we all have to work from home, but we also have to find a way to play from home. So I think um, video games are video games and board games are board games, but I think the scene between the two is going to become more accessible in the coming months and years as well. There's one thing in it, what I really love, and that's also something that is my personality. If you play Civilization or other games, I also like Wing Commander and this kind of stuff. Oh, I love that. I love that game. Where you fly through you, the universe, but it's more or less uh, finding out and reaching out to spaces where no one ever had been. 
this is something I really like. So I, I love taking risks because it's a risky part. And that's the same, our agile cybersecurity program. It's risky to do that because there are only few people doing that. And I will most likely fail, but maybe I will find something completely new. And this is really driving me, conquering something that no one else has ever seen. But also exploration. So I'm sensing, uh, I'm sensing sci-fi, Star Trek, perhaps not just Star Wars. Uh, Everything. Yeah, not not to troll any listeners. I'm a fan of both. Let's switch gears for a moment. We'll come back to that because I'd love to know what did you start your career in, and as a perhaps a, something we can discuss, and also how did you find security, or how did security find you? Did you start in security, or was it in something else? It was just computers. So I started very early with, again, computer games. I wanted to game at home. And my father didn't allow it to me. Just uh, I had to do some, some homework, and then I was able to play. But we didn't have enough RAM to play, so I configured a little stuff out of the, the, the configs of the MS-DOS. So that Your extended memory manager. Exactly. Yeah, so that I get a little bit more kilobyte RAM so that I can see the joystick from my, my Wing Commander game. Yeah, take that, Bill Gates. I need more memory. I don't care if you think I can do it all. Yeah, exactly. 256, yeah. So th this is where I got a very deep technical understanding of, of computers. And from there on, I, I wanted to do either sports or computer. So I ended up in computer. So I'm happy with that. And after I graduated from school, I did an apprenticeship in a bank um, in 1999. In, in your area, you're in, in Switzerland. Was this I where you grew Germany, up? Yeah. You're in Germany. In Germany. Germany, that's the gymnasium. That's after 13 years. Mm -hmm. And the apprenticeship is part of the school, sort of uh, not just that you finish school, but that you then go into a career if you don't take other routes. Yes, yes. you don't start without an apprenticeship. So I was able to either uh, go to university, but there were no real interesting courses there so i and they looked for people who are interested in computers so the apprenticeship is like a university course you could say but on the job many things mm. on the job and the banks look for many many people who know stuff about computers and i ended up in the mainframe department <laughs> my condolences i used to be a, a do product management for acf2 and top secret so uh, apologies yeah so I did a little bit of assembler, forgot almost all of that, and Rexix and other stuff. And I was responsible for uh, Unix system services on the mainframe. So because IBM had to re... They needed an IP stack, so they just did a Unix within their mainframe system. And I was responsible for that. And it was the time before any uh, frameworks were there. And the bank started to, to create their own security frameworks. So we had a security, you could say. Well, roughly when was that? What year was that? 1999. Exactly. Right. So it was in, when I ended in 2002, maybe. In 2002, yeah. It was exactly when I graduated from my apprenticeship. So then in 2002, I started directly in the mainframe area. Fantastic people. Everyone was older than I was, but... It was a very interesting, interesting area to work for. And then they, they started with a, you could say it's like ISO 27001, but it just had another name. It was just an agreement within the banks, the German banks, that they want to comply to such a standard. And for the standard, we had a central security officer 
or someone who was delegated like that. The role of a CISO didn't exist until then. And they looked for someone who would take over the security responsibility within the mainframe part for all that stuff that was running there. And it was all my colleagues were stepping back and I was stepping forward because I thought, that's amazing, something new. And the others were more like, oh, again, something new, we go back. But it was, again, me, I, I like new things. So I thought that's a good idea. And so from the beginning on, I was in security. From there on, then, of course, if, if there was an audit in our company, the auditor came to me because many things were on the mainframe, all the, the financial and banking stuff and still are in, in other banks. And so the auditor at a certain point automated his audit and we then thought, oh, let's make a startup out of that. And so that's when the bank got into some financial difficulties, I decided to join him within his startup, but it never left the startup stage. So I learned failing. So there was project manager, security manager, a developer, everything. But it was a fantastic experience. And I stayed from there on in, 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 the, in the security until today. And you're now with TX Group. It used to be called Timedia. Yes. And it used to be print, news, really massive organization. But it's become a digital. So it's a digital company. It's gone through transformation. When did you join TX Group, regardless of whether it was Timedia or not? Was it soon after that? Have you been there a long time? Just one and a half years ago. It's amazing because you often talk about the transformation of the organization. So I always had this impression in my head that you were there through a longer period. So you've arrived in the organization when they were just at the end of being Timedia and became TX Group. What was it like to be a CISO for that kind of transformation? I love it because if you join a company where you already have a CTO and all these roles, everyone has his um, knows how things are, and you have to prove yourself. If you come into an organization and you are in the middle of that a transformation from an analog to a complete digital business, and everything is shaking up, you have the possibility to, to try new things. And that's what I did. I, I came in and said, okay, let's throw away all that frameworks. Still, in the end, I could uh, try to make an ISO certification out of that. But I said, let's throw that away. We want to have the most lean approach that is possible. We want to bring security. And if people say uh, they will care of security if I pay them a pizza every day, then that's good <laughs> invested money. It's better invested money than forcing them. I say sometimes carrot and stick, but pizza and stick works too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for me, it's fantastic. Even if I know that... It's a lot of uncertainties that are there where I don't know how things will look like in half a year. But as I take a very, very lean approach, a new approach, I'm able to encourage everyone. Everyone is amazed and thinks, oh, that's cool. It's a security guy who is doing security in a completely other way. And so I have a, I have a lot of people behind me because they think it's an amazing journey that we take. And that just helps. You know, I, I have to say that having spoken to you a few times on this subject, and it now makes more sense. I understand both the conquering part and I understand the exploration part. It's, it is a little bit like, um, you know, the answer isn't written for where you're going as a company. If you just add a little bit to what everyone has always done, it's different from having the right attitude and approach and applying it completely new every time. I know some people don't, don't most people don't like change in, intuitively, but it seems that 
you know, and, and very emotionally. It seems like you, you're like, if you throw it at me, I have the right approach to be able to say, yes, give me more, which yeah. is a super good attitude and approach to have. So between 1999 and a year and a half ago, what was that story like? And, and you mentioned sports. Is sports still part of your life? I know we went the sci-fi geek route pretty quickly, but what sports? And did, did they peter out or is that still a big part of, of your worldview? It's still part of me. I like just going to the gym. It helps me. If, I, if I'm physically exhausted, it feels good. It's some kind of, of really thing that helps me relaxing and not stressing out. I need that weekly going to the gym. Now with my son, I start a lot of sports, always a sh very short time. So a little bit of soccer, a little bit of other things, everything, climbing and so on. But I think it helps me feeling myself. So it's something that's important for me. If I feel myself and I feel healthy, then I'm really good in my job. Yeah, the body needs it as a reset. Sitting at a desk all day and doing purely mental things doesn't help you do the mental things better in, in some ways, yeah. So between 1999 and a year and a half ago, what were the big sort of chapters of your career as it evolved? Or your mindset and security? It's not just about where you worked, but what were the big influences over the last, I guess that period is something like 18 to 19 years. Yes. So before I did my apprenticeship, I had to go to the military service. So I, I was undergoing that, that very hierarchy. I understand how that works. Mm -hmm. This was more or less, but it has nothing to do with security for me. It's something that I learned that are certain times, for example, also right now, if the government says, please stay at home, it's too dangerous outside. It's good to stay at home. I, I understand <laughs> that sometimes there are times to follow the rules, full stop. But besides that, I was working with uh, T-Systems, that's part yeah. of Georgia Telecom, where I was customer security officer for large outsourcing projects. So like if a huge energy company was outsourcing their IT, for them, I was the senior point of contact. I was the CISO, but I was just responsible for the deliveries, of course. But there I learned a lot about outsourcing and contracts and how large projects need to be done. Then when I relocated to Switzerland, I was joining the Swiss broadcasting company, so a media company. And this was very special for me because journalists are really other people. They are VIPs and stuff. So I learned with how to deal with a more difficult employee. Different audiences, yeah. Different, yeah. They are really different. And they are, not, they are not used to follow any rules at all. Mm. This was a little bit shocking for me, but I, I learned that. In there, my manager there, uh, he was the CIO and he got a burnout and I was his deputy. So I stepped in for almost one year being also the CIO of the company. So I broadened my, my work. It was not only security, but also it was the whole CIO part that you usually deal with. And there I learned a lot because, for example, we had a, a cost savings program and I looked at all the ADSL connections in the company. I thought, okay, let's strip them down maybe to a couple of them. And then I found that there were hundreds of them because people didn't like my security rules. So 
the other role. And so they ordered a cheap ADSL connection uh, could go <laughs> online to the internet and bypass all the security. And from the other side, ISSC so thought, I have everything on Rogue IT, yeah. Yeah, I thought, I have everything under control. It's so amazing. We have all that CM stuff, and there we have the controls, we have the proxy, everything under control. The reality was we, I had nothing. And as a CIO, I understood that I have nothing. And there I also had to deal with the digital entities we had there. So they were doing not the traditional broadcasting and radio, but the websites and online parts, and they were, were working all agile. And I was fighting with them with all that uh, scrum stuff. And they, they wanted to use Slack. I said, Slack, that's, that's coming directly from the devil. As a CISO, I can't <laughs> do that. And they said, okay. And then they just used it. And I had no way to enforce it because I thought, okay, uh, we need to fire all of them. But then that's our, these are the crown jewels of the future what they are developing. I mm-hmm. can't fire them. So uh, security was not working with them. And this was helping me a lot to, to understand now with, uh, with TX Group, we have much more of these digital entities and understand that they work differently. And I have to follow another approach. Otherwise, I will just fail. That's one really important thing. You're saying you couldn't just say no. You couldn't be like, you can't use your new tool. You can't use your new thing because the coolness was happening there. Yes. And the important things. And it was all attached directly to the board of directors because they wanted to speed up their digital development. So the digitization, they wanted to have a focus on that. So they didn't attach it to the CIO. They attached it to the, to the board of directors directly. So they were also in the hierarchy. Even if I was the CISO, they were somehow above me. This was really, really difficult for me. And I understood that I have to follow another path that I can bring the value in there. It needs to be a value for them, security. And that's what I try now. And the other thing, my son was born when I was working for the Swiss broadcasting company. And as a young father, I I very quickly learned that you don't have anything under control. So sometimes <laughs> <It's> so true. <laughs> you just have to to trust and go a risk. If your son is climbing up somewhere, you know, oh my God, he may not fall down. He could break his leg and stuff. So this is you. You would say a traditional risk approach would be, oh, I can't transfer the risk. I I, try, I have to mitigate the risk. Yeah. But in reality, if you encourage your your son climb up there, if something happens, I'm down here, experiencing that, taking a risk. And being successful makes him learning much faster. And this is an element that I try to bring into our digital companies. So I, even if I see so, I could say, you may not do X, Y, Z. I say it in a different way. I encourage them and say, okay, I also hate the web application firewall. Let's remove it. And then everyone realizes, oh yeah, he helped us, but now we don't have any protection anymore. So we have to somehow write good code and then i help them oh if you want to write good code there are super cool tools open source or commercial tools and i can help you writing good code and so i help them being on speed you could say remove burdens of security but they build in security even if they don't know that i somehow tricked them doing that so yeah you're taking off the training wheels you're not just saying give it a try. I'll do my best to build up more bubble wrap around you, keep you safe. 
but you're saying, you know what, let's try radical approaches and we will figure out how to do this on the fly. You know, hey, take off the safety harness and climb. Yeah. Which is completely different from, and one of the reasons I'm so glad you went here because it's so different from the traditional security and what we all do by nature, by reflex. You, You must have to remind yourself, wait a minute, let them. Is it still a reflex for you to try to put the bubble wrap on, or do you, and do you have to remind yourself, or is it second nature now? I have to remind me. <laughs> it's still, still want to protect yourself climbing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I also fail. It's really something. For example, one event I I will never forget it. I thought, okay, in the agile world, in all the frameworks like safe or less or how they are called, there's no security in it at all. So we as security people, we failed to be involved, being involved there. So we did not step in there. So security is usually missing in all that DevOps agile parts. Then I thought the right people taking care of security are the product owners because they mm. own the product. And if you own the product, it's not just that it, the product should be beautiful. It should be also safe um, from a security perspective. And it should be elegantly safe. Yeah, it should not be artificial. Yeah. Built in, but with good user experience and stuff. So I thought, okay, I'll do a product security coffee. So I ordered croissants for 50 people <laughs> and coffee for 50 people. And one guy came. I thought, okay, this is amazing. I have to stay with him for one hour and eat 50 <laughs> and 50 coffee. So I had a short chat with him. I like that challenge. I would, I would make an effort. I would try to eat at least. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think it's important that, that that's one thing of my nature. I try it out. And if I fail, I try to laugh at it because it's okay. I failed with it. There are other things where I failed, but this is the way where I tried it out. And I now know, okay, the product people I have to approach in another way. The coffee did not work, but I try out so many things that in a, I will find a way to bring the right message to them, that they prioritize security in a way so that the developers can do the stuff that they have in their backlog and so on. So I also try to get security out of the technical area within the agile and that's still something I'm working on. I, I haven't found the best way right now, but I'm, I think... That's okay. You're gaming it. You're pushing yeah, the frontier. Yeah. We're pushing the end of our time, so I have two questions left for you. The first question is, what advice do you have to young Andy, to someone out there who's thinking about security and thinking to get into it? What advice do you have for that person? It can be anything. That person's listening right now. What would you say to them? You need to have a passion for it because if you are passionate about anything, if it's security, if you want to go into security, the best thing is to just try things out and ask other people for advice, listen to the advice. It's usually asking the right questions and listening. Listening is a very difficult thing. And then feeling if you have a passion for the topic. If you have a passion, the rest will come. You have to trust, like with a little child, it will go the right way. If you have the passion, it will be good. My last question for you is a pretty easy one. I usually ask people 
would you join in the game of poker if I did one for CISOs? But instead, I have a different question for you, because I'm assuming your answer would, would be yes, and maybe we do a virtual one, because I'm in Boston here in Switzerland. Instead, if you could put a bunch of CISOs around a table, virtual or otherwise, to play a game, what game would you be excited about us playing together? Wow. So I'd like, with other CISOs, I would go for something like Diablo or something. something oh, nice. Evil and smashing ourselves the heads or something. It's really not doing it together, but against each other and in a very brutal way so that we can laugh afterwards. I have a few games I can think of, both computer games and tabletop games, and I will have to follow up with you on that because I think I want to organize something. Yeah. So, Andy, thank you for being on. I really appreciate it. I always have fun with our conversations, and, and thank you for doing this. You're welcome. Thank you as well.